how you doing? Welcome to uh, this edition of the FBTV video podcast for Wednesday, uh, July 28th, 2021. How you doing? My name is Mike. I am your host. If you missed it yesterday, we did an extra podcast yesterday. Find that on the uh, your favorite podcasting app. Matter of fact, it looks like it appears. They want to stick my foot in my mouth here, but right now we are planning to do three podcasts a week. Yesterday was Tuesday, but uh, expect that podcast to be on Monday. We're going to do audio podcast on Monday and Friday, the video podcast, which will also show up on the audio podcasting apps. That will be on Wednesday, like we've been doing in the past. So, this video podcast app, you're going to find it if you are a client. You'll find it in the Insider, FBTV Insider, which all of our Tautoa clients have access to. As uh, pretty much all the videos and audio and everything we've done, even extra stuff. But you got to be a client uh, to have access to the Insider. But anyway, you're going to be able to find the videos uh, for our video podcast there as well as on YouTube. Now, if you're watching on YouTube, click below. Help us out. Subscribe. Uh, leave a comment. We, we, we prefer positive comments, but uh, hey, say what you say. You know, we have no control over that. But uh, we did have a... Uh, haven't had a chance to answer it yet or reply to it, but we had a, a question the other day. From our YouTube video that uh, I believe it was the video focused on rate sheets. Maybe wrong about that, but the uh, person that left a comment had a question, and their question was basically, "Okay, how do we find trucks to move the loads?" Well, there are tons of tools available. We're not going to get into it in this podcast, but uh, your your first tool is going to be your load boards. Matter of fact, uh, <clears throat> Tatoa, our training, we have one full session devoted to that very topic. Different tools available to you to find trucks. These uh, will be from load boards to other tools you have available to you uh, through your broker, through contacts, through developing your relationships, just all kinds of ways to find trucks. So, yeah, that's a big, you know, that, that that's a good question, but it has a huge answer. So. You know, if you've been thinking about uh, becoming a freight broker, looking into uh, looking into becoming an agent, maybe a broker for a, uh, maybe getting your own license to be your own freight broker. Yeah, check check us out at Taltoa, T-A-L-T-O-A dot com. We have uh, a lot of different packages there. Many of our packages, well, not many, all of them that you'll find on the website for the most part, the 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 training and consulting, they include placement into our mentorship program. The mentorship program, that allows you to begin your broker operation as an agent once you have completed training. That that, uh, is going to be through us. And the way that works, we uh, consult brokers all over the country. And the brokers that we consult that participate in the mentorship program they allow us to place clients under their license to be able to work as a broker agent. Now, 
you're, you're not placed directly with that broker. You're placed through Tautoa to work under that broker's license, and everything goes through us, so that way we can oversee everything you're doing. I mean, you're brand new. want to make sure you're doing everything right. here to provide support. You have questions. We're here to answer them. Make recommendations. Make sure you're basically crossing your T's and dotting your I's. And yes, you can make money in the mentorship program. But keep in mind, the mentorship program is really designed to allow you to get out there and start building your customer base, gaining experience, so you can take that next step, be it uh, once you complete the mentorship program to get a contract with the broker direct or even to uh, start your own freight brokerage, get your own freight brokerage license, become your own freight broker company. We've had a lot of clients do that. Okay, July 28th. This is Wednesday, July 28th. If you didn't know, today is National Milk Chocolate Day. <laughs> How about that, huh? Oh, well, fuel prices, pretty good. Uh, First, first drop we've had since April. Diesel's down two cents a gallon, down to three thirty-four. Uh, gasoline's down one point seven cents per gallon, down to three thirteen. Is that that going to hold? Don't count on it because uh, there's some weird stuff going on in the world. We're going to talk about. Matter of fact, where to go? Ah, over the weekend. Don't know if you heard about this or not, but over the weekend, uh, Travel Centers of America (TAs). I used to call them the TA truck stops, TA travel centers, whatever they want to call them. But anyway, locations in the Southwest this past weekend had to ration the sale of diesel fuel. Shortage, shortage, short. I'm so sick of that word shortage, <laughs> aren't you? But anyway, uh, TAs that were affected uh, were in Utah, Arizona, and Nevada. Kingman was one of them. Uh, Vegas, and a couple of places in Utah. But uh, Kingman, man, that brings back memories. When I was driving, used to, uh, down I-40, pull off there. I, I never did go to TA, but uh, I was always in the petrol because petrol had the uh, Blue Beacon truck wash in their parking lot. And, uh, you know, that was a standard stop. Fuel up, get the truck washed before moving into California. Get the logbook right. But anyway, that was then. Anyway, over the weekend, uh, those travel centers uh, were having to ration the sale of diesel fuel. Diesel supply issues over the weekend at the three uh, TA locations have been resolved. No restrictions now on how much fuel now you get to purchase. Company spokesman said supply issues are intermittent and can change rapidly based on the market, pipeline issues, and driver shortage issues. Okay, unless the uh, tankers don't have the drivers to all the fuel, that would be the only way a driver shortage issue could affect the delivery of fuel. But, uh, I don't know, that don't add up. Because Kingman's a busy place. If TA was having troubles getting fuel, Flying J, Petro, uh, the other truck stops would have been reporting fuel shortages too, but they weren't, only uh, the TA. So, keep your eye on that. That is, that's, that's not good. Okay, now, to follow up on that, talking about fuel, 
Uh, Wyoming and South Dakota uh, fuel haulers are getting an hours of service break. The governors of South Dakota and Wyoming have issued emergency declarations that suspend the hours of service regulations for uh, tanker haulers, haulers of uh, gasoline in those two states or fuel, aviation fuel. Now, this uh, waiver will expire no later than midnight, August 16th. That's for South Dakota and Wyoming, no later than August 20th. Wyoming Governor Mark Gordon, he has increased post-pandemic travel in, in early and severe wildfire seasons in the region. He says both of those have contributed to fuel shortage in, this, in the state. South Dakota, Christy Noam, if I'm pronouncing that right, the governor of South Dakota, points to uh, low inventories and outages of fuel. And uh, it goes on to say, while the return of normal supply flows to terminal fuel terminals in South Dakota is not expected until early fall, that could be September, possibly even October. So, shortages. I know we're all getting tired of hearing that. Shortages. Everything's a shortage anymore. You know, lumber. Shortage. Steel. Shortage. Aluminum. Shortage. Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> shortage. I've talked about that before. I saw that uh, on the news here a while back. Now Chick-fil-A was rationing off their Chick-fil-A sauce if you went through the drive-thru. Yet I find it. In the uh, big bottles in the grocery store on the shelves. So I don't know. That makes no sense to me. You know, I've never had it. I need to buy some, see what it tastes like. I like Chick-fil-A. But I I don't eat there. Uh, Mainly because it's on the the other side of town from where I'm at. I'm never on that side of town. I don't get out much. (laughs) Maybe I should. Today's topic, we're going to be talking about lease purchase. Saw an article in, uh, where did we see that? Landline? Yeah, Landline magazine. It appeared there August, or no, I'm sorry, July 27th, yesterday. And uh, that's a subject close to my heart because I started out my owner-operator career as a lease purchase operator. We're going to be talking about that today. Well, before we get into that, see, we talked about fuel prices, spot rates from last week, uh, this week to last week, up 1.3% for vans, uh, flatbeds, little to no change, if anything, down just a hair. Reefer rates up almost 1%. Now, let's compare spot rates this month to date to uh, last month. Uh, flatbeds down 4 cents a mile. June it was three fifteen. Uh, this month looking at three eleven. And I'm not going to say that's not normal, but you've got to look at what's happening right now. Shortages. Shortages. Okay. Now what's going to happen? These lumber, these these flatbed operators, if if lumber companies, lumber mills do indeed have shortages, and I I don't see it, but every lumber mill I've driven by when I could take my boat out and, you know, go to the lake or whatever, there are lumber mills around here. I'm in Arkansas. Lumber mills everywhere. The yards are full. Matter of fact, 
uh, one of the places across from the boating center I work at, it's it, they they got lumber stacked behind their building, as far as the eye can see. Not saying there isn't a lumber shortage because these are just uh, places I see. There could be lumber shortages that I don't see, but uh, I don't know. I, I'm just really skeptical about all this. A lot of things I'm skeptical about right now. <laughs> Coronavirus uh, is uh, one of them. Not saying there isn't a such thing as coronavirus, but uh, I, it seems like there's two different messages. You know, that, that we're getting told, okay, if you've been vaccinated, it don't matter. You're, you're, you're vaccinated, but wear your mask anyway. Uh, if you've not been vaccinated, get vaccinated, but wear a mask. It's like, uh, uh, you know, I've, I'm seeing stories all over the place, okay? Uh, people that have been vaccinated, they aren't, uh, or that it's been, they're saying they, you know, they're they're catching this new variant, whatever it is, the Delta variant, is that what it's called? But uh, people that hasn't been vaccinated are also getting it. Matter of fact, in the news over in Tennessee, a pastor, Greg Locke. Global Vision Bible Church near Nashville <laughs> showed his followers that coronavirus restrictions have no place in his church. He went on to say if they go through uh, round two and start showing up with all these masks and all this nonsense, he's going to ask them to leave. I'm not playing these Democrat games up in this church. He also promised not to close the church, as he did early in the pandemic, saying they will they will be serving Frosties in hell before we shut this place down. <laughs> Interestingly, Locke's congregation has grown dramatically since he started preaching that the pandemic and coronavirus vaccines are scams. Worshippers began coming to Mount Juliet from other states to attend the social distancing free church services. Tennessee's coronavirus vaccination rate is about 38%. Arkansas, I think, is at 40% right now. Look, I'm not saying that the coronavirus is a scam. I'm not saying that vaccines don't work. I'm not saying people aren't dying from it. I'm saying, not saying people are, are not getting sick from it. But uh, it, it, I don't care how you look at it. it. There, there are questions. I know some, some prefer to side on the, you know, on the side of caution. You know, better to be safe than come down with it. And others are saying. You know, it's a scam, just like this pastor is. And other people are saying, why get the vaccine if you're going to get sick anyway, if it doesn't do anything? I don't know. It's kind of kind of odd if you ask me. But that's why I'm in transportation and not uh, the leader of the free world. <laughs> All right, let's talk about lease purchases for a moment before we... Uh, Distract of time, and I get uh, into that at all today. Lease purchase. Uh, this has been something that has been going on for decades in the trucking industry. Matter of fact, that's how I got my start as an owner operator. And there's pros and cons with the lease purchase. Now, one thing you have to understand if you're going into a lease purchase, and and 
I know there are some of you out there that complete the lease purchase. You actually take ownership of the truck, and I commend you for that. But you are rare. You, you are the minor, minority in this. Most people that get into a lease purchase, they will never own that truck. Matter of fact, what's kind of funny about it, the trucking companies offering their truck in the lease purchase, they don't even own the truck. Oh, they have possession of it, but it's leased or uh, financed through uh, another company. They, they don't have the title. And what they're assuming is, one, uh, by the time you do finish paying off the truck, they will have the title. Or the law of, well, the, the average is on their side. You know, the odds are on their side that you'll never finish paying off the truck and ownership uh, will revert back to them anyway, which they've always had ownership of to begin with. Now, here's the thing with the lease purchase. Well, let's talk about what OIDA says. OIDA Executive Vice President Louis Pugh, we've talked about him before. He uh, recently focused on predatory lease purchase programs when a carrier leases a truck back to a driver for a certain amount of money and takes a percentage of the revenue for the load. Well, you know, that's kind of, eh. In some instances, drivers have claimed that they owed the carrier money at the end of the pay period. Well, this, yeah, it's very possible. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Now, let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, well, first of all, when a trucking company leases a truck or does a lease purchase with a driver, that driver is an owner-operator leased onto that trucking company. Of course, <laughs> the company's going to take a percentage of whatever the load is paying. Um, the lease purchases I was involved in was the uh, company driver got paid X amount per mile and the owner-operator got paid a higher amount. Okay? And I'm sure that's the way it is now. Uh, there's no way it couldn't be. You know, but the, uh, the owner-operator is making more and it's how they operate their business on what kind of money they put in their bank account and what, what they spend. A lease purchase is a good way, in, in my opinion, it's a great way for somebody wanting to be an owner-operator to start learning the ropes without putting your credit on the line because a lease purchase, you can walk away from. Now, I say that expecting your lease purchase with your company to be a walk-away lease purchase. So whatever contract you're doing with your trucking company to do a lease purchase, you need to read that contract. Make sure it's walk-away. I'm going to go out on a limb and say most of them are. Most of them are walk-aways. In other words, if you quit, you walk away from the lease purchase, you, you lose all the money you put into it, no equity. Trucking company keeps the truck, you quit, you move on to another trucking company. I mean, that's usually the way I've seen them. I would never, ever do a lease purchase where I still had responsibility if I walked away, if I couldn't walk away from it, put it that way. Now, as far as drivers claiming that they owed the carrier money at the end of the pay period, well, yeah, you know, that's easy to figure out. Uh, the lease purchases I, I uh, were part of, and this goes back a long time it was I, I made weekly payments and those weekly payments came out of my settlements for each week 
and I don't know, maybe three, four hundred dollars a week, something five hundred maybe. I had a Peterbilt three seventy nine back back in the day. Uh, anyway, that said, and, and a Freightliner Classic back in the day. But uh, yeah, if if you stayed home all week <laughs> and you didn't, or you didn't move enough to cover that payment. Yeah, you ended up owing the money, but it wasn't like you had to write a check. In my experience, what it was next week, what I owed from last week was added to the amount I owed that week, and it came out in one lump sum. So, neither here nor there. But I saw a blink. Did you see a blink? May, may be having a... It's supposed to be hot. It's, it's going to be hot. Matter of fact... What's it going to be? They're talking about 115 heat index today. We're not there yet, but it's going to be hot today here in Arkansas. It's, it's the heat dome. We talked about that in yesterday's podcast. All right. Now, while the purported goal is the uh, driver to eventually own the truck and become a full-fledged owner-operator, I'm sorry, but on the lease purchase, the driver already is a full-fledged owner-operator. It doesn't matter if he's lease purchasing or he's went through a finance company, bought the truck off the lot. <laughs> he's owner operator. He's responsible. He or she is responsible for the expenses on that truck. Pugh said uh, the agreements rarely end where the uh, driver actually owns the truck, and that's true. They rarely do. Now, what happens is uh, more times than not, the driver. He's in that lease purchase, and one day he's just in a foul mood. And he walks away from it. And the next day he's going, man, I wish I wouldn't have done that. But, uh, <clears throat> you know, he quits, goes on. But he finds another company where he can do another lease purchase. And I have come across drivers. And I think I've, I've found drivers with Prime that end up, uh, I, I think I've, I've talked to more dr Prime drivers that ended up through the lease purchase, actually owning the truck. And several drivers I've talked to from Prime, and I'm not endorsing Prime in any way, but uh, this is, you know, they've gone through one or two other lease purchases with them and completed. So I don't know. My thing, my, my, my thoughts about a lease purchase for somebody that's a company driver thinking about, you know, wanting to become an owner-operator, that's a great way to learn the ropes. You learn real quick. you got to put money back. Yeah, you're going to be making a lot more money, but you got to work. You just don't buy a big truck and park it. You've got to get out there and hustle. If you got four or $500 a week payments, that may be on the high side, but, you know, I'm talking about payment. Uh, you got insurance costs, things like that. Usually a company's going to pay your bobtail. But you've got cost. You got repair costs. You got maintenance costs. You learn how to be an owner operator when you've got a lease purchase. You know, if you went out here and you bought a truck off a lot because you were going to be an owner operator and had no clue about how to make money as an owner operator slash trucking company, you're 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 losing money from day one, bottom line, because you don't know how to operate that truck profitably. When I was operating, I made pretty good money in a lease purchase. I always walked away from them. You know, I just got tired of it. Time to take time off. I never, I never really got into a lease purchase with the idea that I was going to own the truck. I got into it for experience. 
can make more money, put more money in my pocket, and walk away when I got ready to. You know, bottom line. Now, right, wrong, indifferent, you can agree, disagree, doesn't matter. That's the way I did it. Everybody has their own way of doing things. But I learned a ton. Matter of fact, uh, the last time I walked away from a lease purchase, I bought a small fleet of trucks because by that time I had the knowledge and experience on how to operate a truck profitably. Bottom line, you know, you've got to be able to know your cost per mile. How much does it cost you to operate that truck? One mile. By knowing your cost per mile, you can uh, calculate how much money you got to make. How much you got to make per mile. And go from there. You know, especially if you become an owner-operator and getting your own authority, you really got to know that number. So you know which loads are going to be profitable for you, which ones aren't. Matter of fact, Taltoa, we put a video up several years ago talking about why a trucking company needs to have their own customers. It comes to the point of being more profitable or profitable, period. If you're using a dispatcher or, or a broker for a dispatcher, for all of your loads, you're losing money. Well, you may not be knowingly losing money, but 15, 20, maybe sometimes even 25% coming off the top of every load you move. That money could be going into your bank account if you would get out and get your own customers. Anyway, see, that's where a broker and a trucking company kind of doing the same thing. A trucking company is getting out there, getting their own customers. A broker is getting their own customers, period. And uh, if you're, and just to clear, as somebody asked me this this week, uh, they, they were under the impression that as a broker agent, the broker was making loads available. No, that's not the way it goes. If you're a broker, broker, broker agent, doesn't matter. You've got to get your own customers, get your own loads, and you've got to find trucks to move those loads. There is no shortcut. You know, you think about it. If you're an agent, what is the motivation for a freight broker to give you customers? Why are they? Why would they give you customers to, uh, to find trucks? You know, give you you know loads from their customers and pay you a commission on top of it. Why would they do that? You know, anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, Pew goes on to say there's so much misleading stuff out there when it comes to lease purchase programs. All these carriers say walk away lease, walk away lease. I've still never seen a walk away lease. Well, you need to look a little bit harder, Mr. Pew. <laughs> I was in two or three of them. The first thing we should be saying uh, about this is if you don't have money and you don't have capital and you don't have credit, you shouldn't even be getting into the trucking business. That, uh, if you're buying a truck off a lot, yeah, you got to have capital, you got to have money because you, you've got, you got expenses that, uh, it's going to be hard to cover if you don't have capital, you know, bottom line. And that's where the lease purchase comes in handy because the company you're lease purchasing the truck through, Hopefully they're financially stable. They're 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 paying all this stuff. You're just paying the trucking company back, so you don't need that capital in your pocket at the time. However, you've got to remember you are going to have repairs. Your truck is going to break down. I know that when I had my trucks, I knew if I broke down away from home, at minimum, it was going to cost me a thousand bucks. Simple as that. Minimum. 
So you got to take some of that money out every week and put it into a maintenance account. Now, generally, at least the lease purchases I have been in, the trucking company I was doing lease purchase with, they gave me a warranty on the truck. Now, it may have been just 90 days, but a warranty. That gave me three months to start saving money to put into a maintenance account. You've got to do that, and you've got to be able to pay yourself. You've got to be able to do the math. You know, if you can't do the math and figure it out on paper, and trust me, uh, sometimes paper and trucking don't go hand in hand, you know, the, the calculations you come on with pay, uh, paper. I'll give you an example. I had a guy tell me a long time ago, an old timer tell me, you know, you've got to have 40 trucks to be profitable as a trucking company. And I thought, no, that, that makes no sense. You know, I consider and be profitable with one truck. But what I soon learned was, yeah, the old timer, he knew what he was talking about. Because you've got to be thinking about this. 50% of your fleet is not making you money 100% of the time. So that means 50% of your fleet is paying for everything. Yeah, think about that. Let that roll around in your head a little bit. Yeah, it made sense once I had a small fleet. I, I, yeah, half my fleet was not making money 100% of the time, which means that half that was making me money 100% of the time, they were paying for 100% of my fleet. <laughs> you can both go back and rewind that if you want to hear what I was saying. But... Uh, Anyway, you know, they're, they're, I, I don't understand why OIDA would be talking bad about a lease purchase. Yeah, you, you've got it. It falls on the driver. Well, okay, what they're leading up to, okay, I'll just tell you this. The reason for this story is because OIDA has an owner-operator success program you can purchase coming up here next month or next couple of months, whenever you can register for. That's the reason for the article. You know, talking you into, hey, if you're thinking about Becoming an owner-operator, you need to take our program, which it is probably good, but I've talked about this before. What I haven't seen, they may be doing it this time, I don't know, is teaching owner-operators how to get their own loads, how to get their own customers. That's what you really, that's, if there's any secret to being a trucking company, it's getting your own customers so you have your own loads. Because with that customer, you're dealing direct. You're getting 100% of the rate. There's no broker involved. The only time you should be using a broker as a trucking company is for a backhaul to reposition your truck to a destination you need that equipment to be located. Otherwise, you should be using your uh, own customers, making money. Anyway, you get the idea. For me, lease purchase was good. If you get into lease purchase program, you know, it, first of all, my advice would be if you're thinking about getting into the lease purchase program, I'm talking about lease purchase through a trucking company. I'm not talking about going down here to Ryder, okay, or anything like that. I'm talking about a lease purchase through a, your trucking company. If they got a contract, read it. If you don't understand it, get an attorney. Have somebody explain it to you. Know the ins and outs. Know what you're getting into. Talk to your company. Your trucking company, okay, first of all, the, uh, most trucking companies provide a lease purchase to retain drivers. They don't want you to quit. That's part of a retention program, you know, because most company drivers, they aspire to be an owner-operator. This is the easy way to do it. And if they don't offer it, those drivers that aspire to be an owner-operator, they'll go to someplace that does. 
they don't want you to, you know, get out there and uh, not be successful. Matter of fact, I've seen a lot of people in a lease purchase. They get out there in the lease purchase, and, you know, several months down the road, they figure out, hey, this ownership stuff is not for me. And they go back to being uh, a company driver. You know, it's totally up to you, whatever you do. But uh, the thing to do is <laughs> your, your trucking company doesn't want you to quit. You know, I, I tell you that right now. They don't want you to quit. And if they're making it, the lease purchase available to you, that's because you've impressed them enough uh, uh, that they want to keep you. Okay, bottom line. So, you know, there's probably more expenses with the lease purchase now than there was when I was driving. ELDs, I'm sure you've got to pay for your ELD. Uh, maybe, maybe not. De depends on the company. But think about it. Know what you're doing. Research it. There are tons of videos on YouTube, you know, talking about how to be an owner-operator. You know, if you want to take that OIDA class, I'd recommend that. I mean, why not? You know, but to understand, uh, if you're going to be a trucking company, you plan on getting your own authority, you've got to know how to get your own customers. All right, what else? We're about uh, to wrap it up here today. Kind of went on and on. If it's your birthday, happy birthday to you. Uh, you're in pretty good company. Jim Davis, if that don't sound familiar to you, Garfield, the cartoon does. He's the uh, cartoonist that uh, created Garfield. He's having a birthday today. Gloria from All in the Family. She's uh, 74 today. Lori Laughlin. She's uh, having a birthday today. I think that's the same girl that had all those problems with uh, buying her kids away into college. I, I have thoughts about that. I, I have a problem sending a parent. Well, you know, I get it. Wrong is wrong. Right is right. But uh, I don't hate her for what she did. Maybe, you know, how she broke the law probably wasn't right. But uh, probably, and I shouldn't say probably, it wasn't right. But uh, I get it. Any parent wants the best for their kids. And I, you know, anyway. Today in history, 1866, the metric system becomes a legal measurement system in the U.S. How's that working out for the U.S.? <laughs> I remember back uh, when I was driving, where was Alabama, Mississippi, somewhere? I started seeing, instead of seeing the mile markers, I saw, what, kilometer markers? That was really weird. I don't know if they still got those or not. I think Jim, who was president? Who started that? Jimmy Carter? I mean, putting those markers up? I don't remember. Uh, 1896, the city of Miami, Florida, Incorporated. So happy birthday, Miami. What was it? 121 years ago today. 121 years ago today, the hamburger is created by Louis Lessing in Connecticut. I always thought the hamburger came from Germany. Hamburg, you get the idea. This date back in 1931... Congress makes the Star-Spangled Banner the national anthem. And on this date back in uh, 1951, Alice in Wonderland, Walt Disney's animated film, is released. And uh, I was going to say I took my daughter to see that, but no, I took her to see 101 Dalmatians. That's the nice thing about having young kids. My granddaughter now. I get to take them to the movies that... Uh, too old to see. <laughs> anyway, 
that I wanted to see or want to see. All right, that's going to wrap it up today for uh, this edition of the uh, FBTV video podcast. Again, uh, we're going to be doing three a week. We've got uh, two audio podcasts, uh, Monday and Friday. The video podcast is going to be showing up on Wednesday. So that's that. Go have a great Wednesday. I'll talk to you Friday. Have a great Wednesday, of course. Unless you've made other plans, I will talk to you again on Friday.